This is Real Talk with Rodney Hyde. Tuesdays and Thursdays from 10 a.m. Here on Rally Check Radio, it's Real Talk with Rodney Hyde. Remember, give us an email, inbox at rallycheck.radio, send us a text at 2057. Well, you're probably like me, sort of outraged every day by something that the government's doing or done or about to do or proposing to do, and you just can't keep up. In fact, you just want to go back to bed and pull the covers over your head. And I feel that way a little bit about the Department of Internal Affairs uh, proposal to censor, censor us online. I know it's important, but I really struggled to get my head around it and summon up more outrage after what we've been through this last little while. So here to help us, we've got the wonderful Alia from Voices for Freedom, one of the three ladies that saved so many of us. And we've got Catherine Ennis-Carter, who's a international governance advisor, very, very well-qualified lady. Good morning, Ennis, and good morning, Alia. Good morning, Rodney. Oh, good morning, I called Rodney. you Ennis, didn't I? Oh, yeah, yeah, Catherine. yeah let, oh. let's let's stick with let's, Catherine. Let's <laughs> stick with Catherine. Now, <laughs> Catherine, what is the Department of Internal Affairs up to? Well, I think they're setting out a um a very high-level blueprint. Um, it's listed as a discussion document, and uh, this is their proposal consultation period of one month, which closes on the 31st of July. Um, so they've thrown this thing out into the uh, public for so-called consultation. And what's ahead of us is they will then draft up, draft this up into a, a form of legislation. So we're going down down the track of basically a, a proposal for extended censorship, and they're pitching it that um, they're not only looking at uh, content, uh, they're actually looking at platforms. So this is targeted about um, the removal of platforms as well as the removal of, of content. And what would this mean, Alia, for just everyday use users who don't engage in hate speech, unlike me, probably? <laughs> well, as far as I'm aware, a lot of what is considered to be, you know, the really truly objectionable material is already illegal. So for us, we're calling it the online censorship law because it it seems to be very vague and it's uh, talking about sort of protecting Kiwis from this unsafe or harmful content. So it, it seems to be, uh, you know, not terribly well-defined. And when we were in a, there was an online webinar about this a couple of weekends ago. And I asked this question of the fellow who was running it. You know, we've got this concept of safety because they want to keep people feeling safe when they use, when they are using the internet. And I said, well, you know, you've got this situation where you have some people who might feel unsafe if they get hurt feelings. And then you've got other people at the other end of the spectrum who may well have, there may be threats to their physical safety as a result of something that's happened online. So how do you define this kind of term safe? And I got some sort of word salad answer back. Um, so, you know, it's it, what it seems to us is just like another grab 
in terms of uh, um, implementing this hate speech. Uh, well, well, we know with the Posey Parker visit that a lady proposing that men be excluded, biological men be excluded from women's sports and women's private spaces, we know the government and the media <clears throat> regard that as hate speech and she's Nazi adjacent. So for sure, that would come in the ambit of online censorship. Yes, it, it's very subjective. So, you know, the people that are looking to be creating the code or coming up with the codes are likely to be the bigger players in the industry, it's just like we have in the mainstream media right now. Catherine, so, you're, you know, <laughs> oh, you just get, you get called a name, whether it's true or not. Catherine, mm. you're a busy lady. You're a high-flying international government advisor. Your CV's, you know, stretches, uses about six trees given all that you've done, <laughs> how come How come you're taking time to do this? Uh, because it's so important. I mean, um, these proposals are not just um, what's happening in New Zealand. You know, this is part of an international trend that we're seeing. And there's no doubt that across the world and in New Zealand, um, our freedom of speech is, is under threat. And we're seeing a lot of um, uh, targeting, um, attitude-based uh, uh, cancelling. You know, we can talk about woke culture. I don't want to use that term, but there, but it's everywhere. Um, we seem to be uh, surrounded by people who want to uh, close down and cancel um, any thought or any um, any kind of um, messages that uh, that they don't approve of, and it seems to be that there's a lot of these people in government. Um, so, I, yeah, carry on. So we saw Don Brash, former Reserve Bank Governor, former leader of the National Party, invited to speak to Massey University about his experience as National Party uh, leader, and the Vice Chancellor banned him from coming to the university on the basis of health and safety. So presumably, he could be a target. He's got a blog. He posts his views on his blog. This censorship could go straight to him. Yeah, it'll go straight to him. It'll, grow, it'll go straight to um, anybody who's, who's posting um, through their own website or their own blog or whatever. But it'll also go straight to all of us who are um, posting on um, other platforms. And by targeting platforms as well as actual content, and they say they're not targeting content, but in fact, if you read the document properly, it, it is. It's, go, it's going there. Um, by, by doing that, you know, it's significant um, government overreach um, into the space and into the space of what people can say. I mean, we've joked about uh, PC uh, stuff and having to conform on mainstream media. You can only, um, you know, you can only get featured if you go along with the, the official narrative on anything or on what's generally accepted as, as PC-ness. Um, so we've seen we've seen that for some decades, and we've but we've gradually seen an escalation of all this. We've seen cancelling. We've seen um, 
uh, opposition, people are, are allowed to go and disrupt it, somebody who was given um, the space to speak uh, at an event, and I'm talking about Albert Park, as you were. Um, uh, and um, But instead we have this cancel culture that it's okay to shout down somebody um, if their opinions don't agree with what um, certain groups of people think. Well, we can see it with the mainstream media or the legacy media, New Zealand Herald, Stuff, Otago Daily Times, Radio New Zealand, TV1, TV3, where anyone with a counter view to the official narrative doesn't get interviewed, simply gets described usually in unfavourable terms and exaggerated uh, ways, and they must hate. When I say they, I'm not even sure who the they are, but the characters that are doing this, they must hate the fact that we post on Facebook, we post on Twitter, we have blogs, and indeed we have Reality Check Radio. That that must drive them bonkers because we're able, through those platforms, to challenge the legacy media and the official narrative earlier. Yes, uh, well, we saw very quickly with Voices for Freedom that uh, they utilised the portal that they had to the management of Facebook, where we're assuming because we got taken down without any warnings uh, very abruptly. Um, you know, so we as an organisation have already experienced huge censorship as it is right now without any of these extra laws coming into play. Uh, we, you know, we've been uh, censored by who have we, like any, all sorts of um, printers, merch companies, online event management, venues, Facebook, YouTube, uh, other social media, Instagram, that sort of thing, uh, billboard companies and advertising providers. And what we found is, you know, the common denominator with a lot of these things is that the government is spending and pumping huge amount of money into these different um, uh, organisations and industries by way of advertising. And so, you know, there's all these kind of conflicts of interests that are set up there as well. And so you, you're layering this, this new kind of proposed law on top of all of that that's already happening. It's really going to uh, be a big deal for organisations like ours who are trying to present a different side of the story on, on the internet. Um, we currently do have a Facebook page for RCR, but we are very careful with what we post there. Catherine, who's going to be the censor-in-chief in all of this? Do we know? Well, this is really very interesting, and I think um, there are two reasons why we should be really concerned about this, and one is what I said before, that it's, it's not just um, something happening in New Zealand. It's an international trend to shut down freedom of speech. Um, and the second thing I think we should be very concerned about is exactly what they're proposing. Um, so once you delve into it, there are a number of few, huge areas of concern. So basically what they're talking about is setting up an uh, independent regulator. And as Alia said earlier, um, they, they actually make quite a lot on their proposal of the fact that there's already about 10 organisations who are, who are in this space with some sort of um, monitoring and control role over um, uh, illegal material. 
um, objectionable material, material, and they're not saying that um, these 10 organisations uh, are going away, but in addition, we're going to have this other entity. So um, I sat through the, uh, uh, both information sessions, and at the second one, um, I posed the question about how you can have an independent regulator. Mm. It's complete. It's a complete oxymoron mm. because, um, uh, you know, uh, regulation is a government function. It's all about government. You can't have an independent regulator. And so there's some real contradictory uh, provisions in this whole proposal. And they're, they're saying that in terms of function, this independent regulator will manage the whole legislative framework. And at the same time, they're trying to say that this is independent. So when I asked about this, um, the person who was fronting the information session said that the entity that they think will be set up out of this is probably going to be a Crown entity. Well, you know, I've advised county, uh, Crown entities through my career and we've never been any any doubt whatsoever that Crown entities are government. Mm. Um, and so, you know, they're saying these uh, really contradictory things. So it's state censorship. Of course of it's internet. state censorship. And so, it's, it's state censorship by the state deciding what is acceptable and what is not. Absolutely. And the definitions that they're using, which are, are also a problem, uh, they're defining uh, um, that their focus is on harmful content, which is defined as content which causes any kind of loss or damage uh, to anybody who experiences this harmful content. And then they talk about unsafe content, and unsafe content is identified as the risk of harmful content or the risk of harm. So they're not well, we, only going, going to regulate, you know, what can already be uh, identified easily as harmful content because it's actually caused uh, some loss or damage, but they're going to regulate for the potential. And I'm not sure how, you know, they, with definitions like this, how are they going to define what and, and regulate what is unsafe content and the potential for risk? So we so, could have, uh, yeah, we could have my friend Kate Hanna, and it seems to me that she's in charge of misinformation and disinformation and advising government over that. And as far as I can tell, anyone that disagrees with her is a Nazi and needs to be shot down, shut mm. down. She could be the censor in chief. She's an obvious. <laughs> Wouldn't that, right? would that be fun? <laughs> what a horrible thought. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, she's oh. an obvious pick, right? Because she's expert in deciding oh, ab what I can say, yes. and she has yes. no she has no hesitation in declaring speech to be hateful and unsafe. Oh, genocidal, even yes. genocidal, and, and yeah. flinging flinging the the accusations, you know, wide. Um, like, uh, and there'll be no, wide. there'll be no proper recourse because this isn't no. like a legal test. There's no going to court and arguing your case that you didn't defame someone. 
or you didn't have that pornography, which are all criminal or taught um, breaches, this is just going to be the government pulling the rug from under you, like they've been doing uh, surreptitiously now, and saying, oh, your your Facebook page is gone. Uh, those posts have been pulled down. Um, sorry, Reality Check Radio, we heard that Rodney Hyde was questioning some government minister's uh, sanity. Uh, that minister's terribly upset. You're gone. Uh, and that's it. Hmm. That's the law. Yeah, well, um, many people can testify that this kind of censorship is is happening already. I mean, yes. nobody has, um, um, you know, a lot of people ha- have talked about the censorship yes. that's going on now. And yes. so we're going to have a whole big new bureaucracy around this um, new crown entity, the regulator, um, to do more of this. I mean, it's just... Isn't it even a bit creepy that <laughs> they feel the need to be monitoring? Well, well uh, they're monitoring anyway. Let's face it. We've seen some OIAs where they're talking about I us. mean, but, can, uh, you, can you... So, so there's someone paid for by the taxpayer sitting there now, Alia, monitoring what Voices for Freedom are saying. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, I mean, there just has to... Yeah. I mean, we, we see the results of that all the time and, and we have the media as well on, on RCR that are listening in and reports come out occasionally from that. Uh, but the but the thing I think oh, well, that hello, might be different... Hello to the Prime Minister's <laughs> Department. Hello to the Department of Internal Affairs and all my friends there. Hello. Um, and they're just sitting there recording this like you're dealing with the East German police. Back in the bad old days, right? Remember that movie where that guy was creeping around, listening into those family conversations and deciding who was, you know, on board with the state and who wasn't. This is exactly what we're dealing with in New Zealand with this legislation. And now you have got me outraged. I mean, it's just because you can't believe it. There's fines as well, Rodney, that are up to a couple of hundred thousand. Yes. So, you know, that that's going to be a really quick way to shut people down, right? Like, Because who's got that kind of change jingling around in their back pocket? I'm yeah. not here. My name's not Rodney Hyde. Uh, someone, <laughs> someone's, someone's pretending to be me. Uh, I don't even have the internet, so it can't be me. Someone's taken over my – I'm a hologram. Oh, my God. Now, who – of a political who what's who's the minister or MP in charge of this rubbish? I'm not sure who's uh, who's the minister for internal affairs at the moment, but that's the that's the over overreach. Well, because um, the, the Department of Internal Affairs actually has about 13 ministers because um, it does everything. It's one of those catch-all mm. departments. Have we had the government say? They're hot for this, or are they playing it cool because we're heading into an election? No, I think um, there's no. Um, I think there's no disguising the very deliberate way that they've put this out now. I mean, obviously, um, the government's trying to get through all things, you know, that they want to get through before the election. This is obviously one of them, but um, they're also. Uh, saying that you know we, we won't be uh, 
it won't come before the parliament in the form of legislation until next year. And that's, um, but I think it's very deliberate that they've put it out now. And of course, one of the, you know, there's all sorts of techniques and tactics that you can see in this report. One of them is nudging. Um, and they're saying, oh, you know, we're getting behind other countries and these kind of um, uh, social media controls. So we should, you know, we need to catch up uh, internationally. And um, then, uh, you know, there's all these general assurances about safety and the examples that they use of unsafe or harmful content are things um, like uh, giving children bad information about things like anorexia and um, uh, eating disorders and and stuff like that, you know, that everybody could sign up to and say, yes, Mm. you know, we don't want to see that sort of content online. But, of course, it's not just for that. And those things are largely illegal anyway. So, you know, the main... It's the principle here because once they get the principle over the line, they're away. Well, they're making the point that, you know, they're not dealing with illegal content. There's, um, you know, there's enough in, in place already to deal with illegal content. So that's why this is a concern because they're reaching into these areas of um, unsafe, harmful, you know, it's way going a step beyond um, illegal content. Before going to you, Ali, I just want to make it clear to the Department of Internal Affairs that we're uh, fully compliant and they just need to let us know what questions are inappropriate and what answers are unacceptable and we will fully comply. Just send us a list. Now, Alia, what are our dear friends in the Green Party? Uh, They come out against us, surely? (laughs) I would doubt it. (laughs) Really? What about the Great National Party? Where are they on this? That's a good question. I'm not actually across any of, I haven't heard of anybody coming out well, in a big that, way about isn't this. That scary. Have you, no, no. It's it's being very um, quietly massaged through. And I think the intention is, um, first of all, you know, they've, they've put out uh, a couple of other things. And it's interesting, the timing. They're obviously put out during this month of uh, so-called consultation about this online proposal. Um, And that's a report that's been released by the Department of Prime Minister and Cabinet, which they've held for nearly a year and suddenly thrown it out uh, because they can use a couple of statistics in it to talk up the fear of um, this uh, unsafe content online. And, of course, the other one is the undercurrent um, documentary, which you're aware of and um, which we uh, spoke about before. Um, so I think it's quite deliberate that they've put these things out to support uh, people thinking, oh yes, this is a good thing. We m- we must have uh, we must have more control well, and regulation. Well, we have hmm. seen we have seen our legacy media say that any questioning of catastrophic climate change will not be considered in their publications because they say Mm. that's giving, what is it? It's giving a platform to wrong think or Mm. whatever word they use. Oh, COVID, uh, um, climate change denial. Yeah. Then they will also not brook any discussion that the treaty doesn't involve a partnership 
and therefore co-governance is a necessity because of the treaty. Now, I personally believe that's totally wrong. And um, But the point is, I can't get on any legacy media to have that discussion and debate. We've seen Julian Batchelor going around the country where his meetings are being attacked uh, by protesters, so they're clearly unsafe. So he will be denied um, any ability to publicise his meetings online and, or in the paper. We've seen Bob McCroskey from Family First wanting to start a petition uh, legally defining a woman as an adult human female, and he's been denied the ability to advertise that in any of the media. So presumably he will be denied the ability to do that uh, online, um, and on and on it goes. And this well, is see, here and now. You can see how these topics um, can easily be wrapped into uh, wrapped in under these definitions of um, if they don't meet the the harmful content definition, they can be held to meet the unsafe de uh, definition. So you can see how these topics uh, can all easily be wrapped into this. But I just want to, can I talk for a minute about the functions of the so-called independent regulator? Catherine, the platform is yours. I think it's important to, you know, to un understand the scope and the function. So what they're talking about here is um, all media. So all media will be brought under this, into this so-called uh, cohesive, comprehensive framework. And then the functions will include, so this so-called regulator, which is a government department, basically, let's be clear about that, it's not a person, um, but this entity will develop, with consultation with the industry, codes of practice, which will then become the Bible by which these um, platforms have to function. Then they, uh, this entity, regulator entity, will have um, monitoring and auditing um, of compliance functions. So they they will require reports from all the platforms. Um, they have enforcement functions, so they can take down content, they can take down platforms, and they can initiate prosecution actions. They'll report to Parliament on uh, the outcomes that Parliament sets in this area, and this entity will be set up with funding for education and awareness raising programs. And in the um, second information session, I asked the question about whether these education and awareness raising programs, is that, was that going to be going into schools and into the education curriculum? And they said very clearly, yes, and this is where, you know, they've discovered that schools are a great way, you know, to um, to get across, across whatever indoctrination you want to get across. We've seen this with the, the new curriculum. We've, uh, we've seen this with um, uh, Inside Out, the transgender activist group going into schools, running programs. You know, we, we've seen it with the with the whole COVID situation where kids were um, pressured about taking the vaccine. So, you know, the, the people in government have discovered that um, 
getting the kids early and getting into the schools is a very important way of getting this propaganda out. And I think I, I, I think I, I refuse to call this new proposed crown entity um, a regulator. It's it's going to be it's going to function as as a ministry of truth, and we've we've seen the foundational attitude about the single source of truth. Um, but it's also going to be the ministry of surveillance. So uh, Alia. What can yes. we do to express our opposition and our outrage to have a Ministry of Truth and a Ministry of Surveillance? Oh, yeah. I, mean, it's, I just think it, it's incredibly important at this point in time that we have to keep showing up and we have to keep having our say. I know that it has been disappointing some of the other outcomes recently with the likes of the Therapeutic Products Bill and that. but. It's an election year. We have to keep showing them the size of this, uh, you know, the group of people who are opposing this sort of thing by having your say, get your feedback in. You've got until uh, Monday evening, I think it is the 31st of July, to submit some feedback. It's really easy to do. We've done a lot of the um, the legwork on that. Our um, head of legal, Katie Ashby Coppins, has put together a fantastic resource that you can use. Um, so just pop over to defendfreespeech.co.nz and you can fill in, um, you can grab, you can get access to a template that has a whole bunch of different bullet points that you can choose from that you think that you agree with that you would like to put in into your feedback to submit into um, the DIA. So some of the different uh, headings that we've got that have bullets underneath, uh, censorship is not the answer to speech we do not agree with. The codes are a loophole to bringing in hate speech legislation. The dominant industry players will dictate the censorship code. An unfair compliance burden will be put on um, smaller New Zealand media outlets. What constitutes harmful content or unsafe content is subjective. An unaccountable regulatory body is not democratic. And lastly, participation in a particular group should not afford individuals with special rights. So there's heaps and heaps of different uh, points that you can choose from there to have your say. I think it's important that you that we don't do, a, you know, copy and paste kind of everybody's the same um, feedback given because they get dis disregarded. They don't have as much weight as if they're more individualised. And of course, if you have your own points to make, include those in there as well. But it, it really isn't doesn't need to be um, a scary job to do. It's relatively simple. Just uh, follow the instructions that are on that on that That's site. Defend www.defendfreespeech, all one word, .go.nz. Yes. Um, Catherine, any last points you'd like to make for us? I think just from what Ali was saying, um, uh, Voices for Freedom um, has done a fantastic job with summarising the proposals and the concerns. It's quite an easy template to use, so I'd really... Um, encourage people to get their submissions in and on that I want to say two things that are really important I think at this stage people might be thinking oh well you know the government's probably going out and we're going to get national but you know um, things uh, tend to roll on in the public sector 
And this thing won't go away if we no. end up with a national government. It's going to be there. People are working on it. They're already working on um, thinking about the draft uh, legislation right now. Um, and it'll come back in another form. Um, and will, regardless of whether there's uh, a national government or not, um, that's one thing. And so we've got to uh, get a lot of submissions in so that an incoming government is looking at um, knowing that there's a lot of opposition to this. That's really important. We've got to influence whoever is in um, after the election. And the second thing that I've been talking to people about recently is that, um, you know, it's easy for people to get discouraged when they're writing OIA requests or submissions on things or letters to cabinet ministers because we keep getting these fob-off um, responses. But it's absolutely important that we have the documentation there because whenever this cover-up and every terrible thing that's happened during this COVID cult um, starts to get overturned, you know, then we've got all this documentation there of what we've had to try and fight against and the evidence that's been, been put up before government um, for them to consider that they've brushed over. So we've got to have the submissions and we've got to have this documentation. There we go, ladies and gentlemen. There's your task uh, for the weekend. We I've got one more. Monday. Oh, Alia, one more. I've got one more. I was just going to say, it's one thing to listen to this interview on the radio, but the other really helpful thing to do once it goes up on replays is please share it within your network so that other people can hear about this this issue and that they can have their feedback as well. If you thought having the Prime Minister be the one source of truth on all matters COVID was over, <laughs> this it's just starting because you're going to have one source of truth across everything and it's going to be permanent. That's what's being proposed here, ladies and gentlemen. That's not hyperbole. This is the inevitable consequence of this proposal that's before us. And right now, we're in a we have an ability to have our say. So hop across, please, by Monday, by Monday, five o'clock it'll be at www.defendfreespeech.co.nz. Make a submission, get all your friends, all your family, everyone that associates with you on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram to do likewise. Why? Because what could be more important than you and I talking? You talking to your friends, you talking to your uh, supporters, you having a debate. Well, the public square now is online. And clearly, the government hates it and they want to shut it down because they only want you saying their agreed narrative. And I've got no doubt the ACT Party, my old party, the National Party, backbone of a jellyfish, the Greens, they're all hot for this. So we have to rely on people power to stop it. We've been joined by the wonderful Alia B, who has confronted head-on what the state will do to shut down free citizens from having their say and from freedom of association. And we've had the wonderful Catherine Ennis-Carter. Thank you, ladies, for your time. Thank you for your efforts on our behalf. And thanks for making it that all we have to do is not run off to World War II for our free speech. So far, all we needed to do is pop across to www.defendfreespeech.co.nz and make a submission. My goodness, surely we can all do that.
You're on Reality Check Radio. It's Real Talk with Rodney Hyde. Thank you for coming along, but thank you even more for filling out that submission. This is Real Talk with Rodney Hyde. Tuesdays and Thursdays from 10 a.m.